Hi everybody, before the actual episode gets started, I just wanted to add a quick disclaimer. We had some slight audio issues this week, mostly on my end. Um, the mic I normally use, the mod mic from Antlion Audio, which is great by the way, thank you very much Antlion Audio for sending me that mic so long ago, it has helped make this podcast so good. It was picking up a lot of excess bass on me when I was trying to record and after 15 minutes of troubleshooting I couldn't figure out what was going on so I just kind of went screw it and bought out my backup mic which is of slightly lesser quality also because I was trying to accommodate my guest for the week we were both in the same room I could not record in my usual soundproof closet so there's a little bit of background noise that I'm sure you'll hear because some jerk with a leaf blower decided to walk outside on a Monday morning and start blowing leaves at like nine o'clock in the morning because he's a jerk. So sorry about that. It's I don't think it's a big deal and you probably might not have even noticed it if I hadn't said this, but that's in case you're wondering what happened. That's basically what it is. Anyway, enjoy the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding, the Draw Play Podcast. I'm your host, Draw Play Dave Rapocio, and with me as always is Sam, the failed British sitcom actor, Grezis. Oh, well, yeah, but they, they cast me in the American reboot, so uh, so that was that was pretty good. Makes more money, and it's less funny than the original. And it'll last for about 15 more seasons. Yeah, exactly, exactly, because Americans are kind of dumb. I kind of respect shows. British TV shows that kind of end it ahead of the curve. They don't they don't drag it out for years. Well, so every every TV show in America follows a very similar arc and uh, like one of my friends on Facebook posted about this. In the first season whether it's a comedy or a drama, there is a very specific arc like story arc that is uh established where you know you have an idea of like where it's going to end like where the story itself is going to end so yeah with like how i met your mother right it's in the title you know that oh it's a story of how he met your your mother and then and then the second season they kind of elaborate on that you make progress towards that goal and then there are about six seasons of fucking nothing. Nothing. Just like wheel spinning. Yeah, wheel spinning, random shit. People people get together and break up. Maybe a beloved character gets killed off and like ooh, but like there's no more there's no um forward progress towards advancing the actual story towards the ending they're just trying to ride that shit out baby well, right they're trying to squeeze as much mo- like ad money out of the show as possible and from from what i have seen how long did the office air on british tv was it just like i think it was two seasons two seasons i, th- I man i thought it was five and even that was like that's fairly short but i think the it crowd is the longest one i've heard of that was like three seasons yeah that's fair and and they have much shorter seasons too it's not like 22 episodes of television it's maybe 10 to 15 max get to the point they they drive it home they don't have this just overrated like oh hey how how did you meet our mother? Why are we listening to five years of you dating random people? Yeah, right. Why right. can't we Is just meet the mother? Is this one the mother? No, the mother's dead. Can okay. I- well, anyway, we have a new guest on the podcast this week. I would like to introduce a NBA editor at Bleacher Report, Bryant Knox. <sighs> Thank you, Dave. It's uh, <laughs> it's good to be here. Except now I uh, now I know the mother's dead. Uh, <laughs> You know, I was planning on starting that show tomorrow. Oh, you were? So, really? Uh, I don't feel bad. <laughs> nice, nice to meet. Nice to meet you. I don't feel bad. <laughs> ah, it's nice to meet you too. Um, we'll just 
later on you'll ruin another show for me and or or it'll be vice versa i'll be like behind on game of thrones or something and you'll be like oh by the way the the dragons are actually king now you know i watched about half of the first season and i was teased with dragons and i never saw dragons so i stopped watching yeah dude (laughs) i gave up dude you have you have so long to wait for dragons yeah i guess i just wasn't patient enough for game of thrones yeah no they they tease dragons for about four and a half seasons before they finally show the fuck up and when they do oh, it's only God. for a second and then they leave and then they yeah, come it's like back. the last thing you see yeah in the first season right. it's it's like 10 seconds of cgi dragons crawling around mm-hmm. yeah i gave it about four and a half episodes yeah it's a great uh, show and and i i love it but um it's okay i i gave up on breaking bad in season two the first time around because everybody was just getting ptsd and depressing and i'm just like i'm not happy watching this show anymore so i'm gonna gonna step away for a little while and it took me like a year to just go back and finish it that's fair that's very fair i have a cat named jesse pinkman so if if (laughs) that show has influenced a lot of things in my life uh, is that why you have the meth den? Yes, okay. it is actually. Good. Cool. Good, good. So uh, tell us about a little bit about yourself, Bryant. So I, like you said, I'm an NBA editor at Bleacher Report. I've been with Bleacher Report for a few years now. And uh, basically, if you want to know anything about LeBron James or the Warriors, uh, come to Bleacher Report. <laughs> we, 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 we try to cover some other things, too. Sometimes. I'd say you cover nothing else. <laughs> that might be accurate. Okay, so here, here's, a, here's a question for you. I, I live in Chicago, and I was literally yesterday walking down the street on uh, Clark Street uh, going to get some dinner with some friends, and I saw a billboard for Bleacher Report. And I was like, that's really, that's really cool. I like Bleacher Report. But what it said was you have to get the jackpot to get the game. And, and there was a picture. I did not write that. There was a picture of a basketball player. I think it was the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, Nailed it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Do you have any idea what that means? Because I was like, I know sports, and I kind of keep up with the NBA. Is there something I'm missing? No, okay. I don't know that one. Why uh, would they what? be advertising Giannis in Chicago anyway? I man, it's it was probably a world uh, like a nationwide kind of rollout. Um, also, it might not have been Janice. <laughs> what I can tell you is that Bleacher Report just went through a uh, massive rebrand. <laughs> and sort of the current mission uh, of the website is that you don't have sports without culture. Sure. And so sort of the, the culture behind the sport is what makes it worth following and what makes it interesting. Um, where the jackpot comes into play there, I couldn't tell you. That's fair. Uh but uh you know Giannis is the Greek freak but he's worldwide. So in in Chicago I can buy it. I, well yeah, everyone I have yet to meet a single person that doesn't think he is just a joy. Well, I can't remember are the Bulls and the Bucks rivals? I feel like they should be. Uh, yeah. Okay. They, they they're not rivals in the sense that the the Lakers and the Celtics are um but they at least by proximity yeah it's it's a proximity rivalry it's not i i I don't think people care that much yeah the fans can easily travel to road games right so i think that that sort of inherently creates a rivalry Mm. how much you want to bet that there is a terrible terrible bandwagon fan type that exists in the chicago area that's a packers fan because they're better than the bears but a bulls fan because they're better than the bucks you literally just described most chicago sports fans also also the bulls aren't better than the bucks well but they have the history of being they do oh yeah of course of course they're well if we're we're going history they can just start pointing out just like hey michael jordan and that's that's also Scotty pippen the guy with the colored hair That's exactly the kind of thing that a bad Chicago sports fan would do, too, is like, oh, but the history and the glory and, you know, that's, yeah. Ugh. Do you guys love or hate Derrick Rose? I can never figure it out. We hate him, and it's not, I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. He was one of the best things that has happened. He is the best thing to happen to the Chicago Bulls in decades, but somehow everything is his fault. The fact that they 
they paid him too much was his fault. The fact that he got injured was his fault. The fact that they gave him a second chance after the injury was his fault. And and now he's like, he's perfectly happy on the Knicks because because one he's not in a in a city that scapegoats him for every little thing that goes wrong which is a weird thing to say about New York yeah really although they're 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 having the whole drama with with Mello anyway so well, and they that's had their that. own drama with Derrick Rose this season where he literally disappeared before a game. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Poor guy. I mean, yeah. he really... Der- Derrick Rose has already talked about wanting to go play for Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I didn't see that. Well, listen, I bet it's a fun place to play. Go to Milwaukee? I don't know how it, fun Milwaukee is. They got... It seems like it's probably a low-key, okay city. Yeah, yeah. I Well, the other thing about it is um, one, of, one of my friends... Uh, used to like visited there for a bit and the, i mean the the stadium's fairly well located too like you can walk there fairly easily from the city i think unless i'm confusing it with somewhere else so brian i always ask this of our guests uh who are you a fan of and how did you become a fan of those teams are you more interested in my nba answer i'm or interested my in NFL all your answer? fandoms all of my fandoms well, i'm a fan of you dave oh Aww. thank you Getting touching here on intentional sounding. Uh, as far as my NBA fandom goes, I was basically born a Trailblazers fan and a Michael Jordan fan. Uh, as the legend goes, I was brought home from the hospital, and instead of pictures of you know ducks or trains or something like that, I had posters of Michael Jordan and Clyde Drexler. Nice. Uh, instead of a instead of a what's it what's the thing called that goes above the crib a mo oh, a mobile the, uh, a mobile yeah yeah the yes. mobile yeah, yeah. mobile yeah yeah something like that. that thing instead of that I had a backboard <laughs> so I was I was destined to be a basketball fan as far as my football fandom goes I it's Miami Dolphins and it's a bummer that it's the Miami Dolphins yeah, but I'm sorry but. <laughs> I, I grew up watching Dan Marino with my dad, and that just makes watching Tannehill that much worse. Miami yeah, Dolphin, Dan what? Marino. I guess you probably wouldn't have had... When you were growing up, did you see like a lot of Seattle games up here on TV? Like, What, what was the average broadcast you would get every weekend? So, I would get three things. I would get the Trailblazers games because they were local. I would get the Seattle Mariners games... So I loved watching Randy Johnson and uh, A-Rod before he took all that money to go to Texas, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, But the other thing that we would get was, for some reason, in Portland, Oregon, we would get WGN. So I would watch all the Chicago Cubs games, all the Chicago Bulls games. Uh, I have no idea why we had WGN here, but we did. Hmm. Maybe it's just a quirk. It got sent along the wrong signal, and you had the wrong channel. It was channel 976, so I'm not sure if we were supposed to have that. (laughs) Did you have to skip through like a lot of blurred-out Skidamax channels to get to it? I did. I had to stand in a certain spot in the room. I had to uh, (laughs) shove Stephen King's It into the TV to uh, make the channel work. (laughs) And I know I've asked you this story, but for the podcast, this is another question I've been asking all of our guests. Where were you when you saw the wardrobe malfunction? Oh my goodness. I was, I can't remember how old I would have been, but I was upstairs in my house and there was no food up there. So we were watching the game and when halftime started, we were much more interested in getting the food than watching whatever show it was. Um, So we're downstairs and we, in my house, we had a little TV tucked into the corner of the kitchen uh, so we could watch the morning news. Well, we turned on the game, or the halftime show, and all my buddies were, you know, being loud and running around and spilling wings and soda all over the kitchen. And then as soon as that happened, we all froze. We weren't sure if what we saw was what we thought we saw. But we knew we were interested in looking more into this. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, I don't remember who won that football game, but I remember. <laughs> Do you even exactly remember who was playing? Was. What was that? Do you even remember who was playing? 
It was the Chicago Bulls and the Seattle Mariners, I think. <laughs> Got them. Got it in one. Perfect. See, I'm telling you, the wardrobe malfunction is our moment. I was going to say. It, it, I think, it, is the, it is the sports JFK shot in the head. I think I said that when we when when we were talking about this on the episode is that I could I could not tell you who won that game. You know, I could barely remember offhand. anything else from that game, really, but yeah. I still remember that moment better than anything else. Mm-hmm. It's really bizarre. So speaking of that, we should actually get into a little bit of football news this week. We it's actually had something. Yeah, yeah. There's been a little bit of news, so we'll start with the greatest news of all, and that is the NFL finally did a good. They eased up on the celebration rules. Do you see um do you see Roger Goodell tweeting at uh Kean Peel? I did not. He, what did they say? He uh well, so no, he uh was I forget which one he he tweeted to, but he uh did posted a gif of the um thrust, like the triple thrust thing. Have you seen that Key and Peele sketch? It's very good. It's it's a yes. sequel to the East West Bowl, and it's a touchdown celebration. And it's you get you get two thrusts, but not the third. And when the uh, celebration rules were relaxed, Roger Goodell tweeted it either Key or Peel. Like I'm watching you on that on that third uh, on that third thrust, and I was like, okay, sure, sure, okay. Roger Goodell's social media team. You did a good. I, I, it's one of those things where, like, they did a good. At the same time, I feel like we shouldn't be celebrating nope. something that should have never been illegal in the first place. Exactly. Like, this yeah. isn't so much the NFL doing good as is the NFL um, undoing a, a bad. bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, <clears throat> the other thing I like about this story is that he consulted with Chad Ochocinco, on the on the rule change he was like in the war room with roger goodell which makes me very happy because if, if there's one person who who can fix that you know it's him because he had the best end zone celebration he had the best touchdown celebration because they were never offensive in any way he would do like the goofy stuff playing like putt putt yeah or whatever like that it's the ball is now officially you can use it as a prop so Steve Smith pretending to wipe it like a baby, that is legal again. Uh, using it to pretend you're playing golf, you can you can do that again. You can like play it as a guitar, which I'm kind of depressed nobody's done at this point. So, but you can really use the ball weird. as a prop. You can do snow angels, which is kind of absurd that that was I, ever illegal in the believe, first place. I remember the first time I saw a flag thrown for a snow angel, and I got actually pissed off. Because what it's, uh, fucking, what a pure... And joyful expression of the human condition is making a snow angel. And and most importantly of all, group celebrations are now officially acceptable. Yes. So yes. this team sport, which relies on teammates to do anything of value, it's so hard to do anything. You can't do anything by yourself in football. Even if you run back a punt, you still need blocks from your teammates. This is the most team sport team teamness that has ever teamed. So you should be able to celebrate with your team and not get penalized because another guy came along and took a fake picture or did a little boogie dance. It's perfectly fine. This is, this is good. These, these never should have been illegal. Uh, I think we need to blame the Redskins fun bunch from the nineties for kind of ruining that for everyone for two decades. Yeah. Yeah, damn. I I didn't even think about that, but yeah, those have been illegal for a long time yeah. because of the stupid Redskins. Well, thanks a lot, Washington yeah, football team. Blame blame more on them. I mean, you can. I'm not I'm not being sarcastic. Please blame more on them. The things that are still illegal, uh, you still can't um, do things of a sexual nature, which no I'm I'm generally kind of torn on because i'm personally not offended by them at all but i can definitely see why some other people would be so i'm kind of okay with it staying illegal that also gets a little bit or that can be a little wishy-washy you know i i'm I'm wondering how they'll actually what the cutoff i guess yeah because when you see like von miller doing his after sack pelvic thrust that is that is straight up sexual yeah he is there there's no mimicking that but then you get like 
Michael Bennett's sexy gyrating dance, which doesn't feel so much sexual as is just weird and goofy. Yeah. Like, he's just going, woo, with his hips. And it's... I, I, I don't know. It, it, there's a gray area there, and I'm okay with them erring on the side of caution. We'll have to see how saying. it's enforced, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I can almost guarantee that it's probably going to still be enforced too hard because mm-hmm. the instant somebody does it without getting flagged there's going to be a bunch of what about the children yeah that's true i just want to make it clear that uh dave while he was describing all of those sexy moves was also reenacting them Doing the sexy and moves. no flag was thrown no no there probably should have been <laughs> yeah it was not a very good imitation because i'm sitting on the floor so i can only do so much movement at one time fair fair there was no twerking though there was no twerking the the thing that i'm kind of pissed about even though i completely understand and it it sucks it sucks but uh no dunking still uh he ruined that jimmy graham ruined it graham ruined it and he ruined it in the best possible way you can ruin a celebration I, i wouldn't trade that moment for getting dunks back if that makes sense yeah. But it still sucks that we can't have dunks. Thank you, Jimmy Graham, for wrecking a goalpost and causing a delay of game for 20 minutes. Yeah, really. Oh, Thank God. You. Uh, seriously, that Thank is one you. of my favorite football moments that I've seen live. I think that was... I didn't even see it live. I was in the bar. I was. They had all the different TVs on. I wasn't mm-hmm. watching that game. I looked up at that game at some point, and the goalposts are tilted, and I was just like, what? Oh, it yeah. must be windy. And then I'm like, wait. That it's in the Superdome. How would there be wind? What happened? And then they showed the replay of Graham dunking on it. I was like, oh, I guess that's gonna be penalized now. Well, because they, I, they, I, if I remember right, they kicked the, um, they kicked the extra point through the uprights, and like, I, I remember being in the room with a bunch of people, and and I was kind of looking at the goalposts, like those look kind of off by a degree or something and they were like no nah, it's that it can't be it's like whatever and i was like no i think i think they're kind of off center and then, <laughs> and then they were it was it was great it was it was another like did that actually happen kind of moment they should allow dunks and then if they do affect the goalpost angle that's just on the team i i they just I have to, to deal with that i like, agree if, if if jimmy graham dunks and it tilts the angle of the goalpost, well, then the Saints have to suffer the consequences of that for the rest of the game because now they have to kick a field goal through twisted goalposts. Well, so, see, I'm, I'm going about it the other way. I'm thinking that that what you, what you really want to do is dunk on it at the half and dunk hard so that the other team has to uh, kick through the through the goalposts when uh, the sides change. Ooh, element of strategy. Yeah. Yeah, because because it's an impressive thing. It is a very impressive thing to knock the goalposts off center. That is a an insane. Well, to be fair, they also do that. They they rotate every quarter. They switch oh, that's true. That's true. Quarter. That's true. Yeah. So dunking it at the half would screw up the other team for the third quarter, but, but then you'd be screwed in yeah. the in the important yeah, quarter. Yeah, that's true. You'd want to you want to screw it up so that you would have the easiest kick at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, guys. I. Re- I really like this idea of sort of the, the golf style play as it lies. Yeah, um, yeah. And I I want to make this happen in basketball as well. Uh, if you shatter a backboard. Oh, you can't play with the backboard <laughs> anymore, can you? must play it as it lies. Oh, man. I do not want the delay. I don't want you to bring out a new hoop. Make now, here's the other the, team here's the important at, switch question. at halftime. Do they keep the glass on the floor? Oh, God. Absolutely. Oh, God. <laughs> That's horrifying. No. Maybe this is more a, a league for Spike TV or something. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, there would be spikes involved. Yeah, literal Spike TV. Extreme basketball. I mean, they, they tried that. Most extreme basketball challenge. There wasn't... <laughs> yes, oh yes, and please get the, uh, the guys from whoever did the voices for most extreme elimination challenge to do, do That show was brilliant. You know that... My my favorite fact about Most Extreme Elimination Challenge is, so, it was from a show called Takeshi's Challenge, and or Takeshi's Castle, and Takeshi, that guy is beat Takeshi, uh, he's the guy that, who's Vic Romano on the show, 
he is a director and actor and and former comedian who is now known for making some of the goriest and like most kind of i mean he did battle royale like he was in battle yeah, royale he's the teacher in battle yeah he's royale, the teacher in he? battle royale and he's like in the new ghost in the shell movie he did a bunch of super violent like japanese mafia films and the other guy kenny blankenship is now a uh like a politician like he's i i think he's the, like the equivalent of a senator i can't uh like or he's like a, a parliament guy he's like on the japanese parliament so move so so move to japan and and get on a wacky wipeout style show and that is how you get success i want to do it i kind of wonder what would happen if they dubbed over one of our bad challenge shows what about american gladiators them dubbing over american gladiators that's good too that's very i think i just want to see them dub over something like family feud (laughs) (laughs) yes yes Yes, I think I think you've found it. I think you have what found is the, it. What is the voice that they come up with for Steve Harvey? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Just, just probably a very just excitable person. And, oh my God. Confused uh, often, though. Excitable and confused. Man, it's a shame that, that Steve Harvey has, like, trash views on a lot of things because he's so good on Family Feud and I want to like him, but too bad yeah. too bad he hates the gay people. He hates most things that aren't him. Yeah. He yeah. also hates, like, getting the name right when he announces winners. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. I'm sorry. That was a low-hanging fruit. Yeah. I had to swing at it. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So let's move on. Uh, the NFL, good for you, easing up the celebration rules. The NFL also shortened overtime. Overtime will now be 10 minutes instead of a full quarter, which I imagine isn't going to change much. I think they're just trying to conserve a little bit of time. We're never going to have the masterpiece that was 6-6 six to six ever again. Ugh. I feel like that, that, that game, it wasn't the last high we had last year. But it was the tie. It was the greatest yeah. tie of all time, as far as I'm concerned. For sure. I don't know. Bryant, did you watch that game? I did. That was... It was ultimately the best... It was the worst game I had ever seen until the last two minutes, and it became the, the best. best game yeah. I had ever well, seen. It was easily the most entertainment I've ever gotten from a boring football game. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I didn't think that concept was possible, but they proved me wrong. I mean, you watch you watch football long enough. You you learn to take joy in some of the weird things, some of the weird small things, because you have to. Guys, I know that everybody has this debate, so I'm really curious what you guys think. What do you think about introducing the college football overtime to the NFL? I'm totally for it. The both teams get one possession, and from there on, it's sudden death. I believe that's it, right? Yeah. I, and then and then at some point you have to start going for two. Yeah, because in college it's something like the first two overtimes you can kick your extra point. Uh, but the other team always gets a rebuttal. Um, right. And they can choose to do the one point or the two point. But then I think once you hit overtime number three, you're forced to go for two. See, I don't like I don't overtime. We don't really have overtime number three except in playoffs. And in playoffs, I think. I, all I really want from NFL overtime is both teams get a possession, and then it goes sudden death. Right. That would simplify what the current system is, which is stupid complicated, that it's an automatic win if you get a touchdown, but then the other team gets possession if it's a field goal, and then if they tie it up. It's, it's like, just, just give both teams one possession, and after that, it's sudden death. It, it's Simplify it. It's straight up. It makes perfect sense. The, the, and that's why the move to go down to 10 minutes is kind of confusing to me because it doesn't seem to address that. No, it yeah, doesn't, no, doesn't address that problem. It doesn't, it doesn't address that big problem. And honestly, might make it more likely to get a tie because yeah. it won't give us another five minutes for a team to score. Right. The issue, though, and like this is someone who most of, well, who follows college football very, very closely it's not a perfect system, right? I think you get the ball at like the 30 or something. So, so like you get it, you get it 
pretty close to the end zone. It is kind of expected for you to be able to score. So it usually ends up going back and forth, you know, a few a few times. And it's just like it's it's definitely a better system than the NFL has. Don't get me wrong, but like there's there is improvements to be had in the in the college football over time as well. Cuz it feels like a different game. Um in college, at the very least, it's uh, it's just kind of. It, it feels like a mini game, kind of like you know how the NHL does like three on three. It kind of feels a little bit like that, like it's a blitz version of 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 the game for overtime or something. It kind of makes you want to just watch an entire game like that and see what happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's 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 just different, you know. They should have like a, a spring exhibition game that's just overtime rules for the whole game that would be cool i'd like that it'd be kind of interesting so sam mm-hmm. i have some very very good news for the chicago football oh, team oh please tell me you guys are gonna be okay every all the bad moves they've made everything that's gone wrong it's gonna be okay because the bears signed victor cruz cool so the, the i'd be the one thing that would make me happy about that is if i, I would ever be able to see the dance too bad we're not going to score a touchdown. Oh, but come on. Victor Cruz is going to do great. He has all these all-star QBs throwing to him. Like, oh. Yeah, right? Yeah. And he has all these all these other other receivers that can also Oh. I I was I was at so I was at a barbecue. We're recording this on 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 uh Monday. I was at a barbecue yesterday. Uh and I was talking with a bunch of like Chicago Bears fans that were there. Just this dude I was talking to was like, I want to be optimistic. And it was the goddamn saddest thing I've ever heard a human being say. Just like he was smiling and it was a pained smile. And just like, I want to be optimistic. Yeah, it was pretty much that. It was like, it was like, I'm optimistic. I think, you know, I think maybe we'll win a few games. And I was like, I, I told him right afterwards, I was like, it's hard for me not to, not to see how we have set ourselves back like five to 10 years. And like the other Bears fan, like was nodding along with me. And, and this dude was just like silent and just trying to cling to that last shred of hope, which has, is so far gone from me. <laughs> It was admirable. No, you guys totally fixed all your problems because you signed Victor Cruz. You know, the guy who got hurt, missed two years of football, and then couldn't get open on a team where other teams had to double cover Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard for most of the game. Listen, man, maybe maybe he can play quarterback too. Maybe he's got an arm. I fucking, I don't know, man. Just try him out there, please. I, I know that the Bears are a more extreme version of this, but the conversation you guys are having right now is basically what Chicago Bulls fans yes. did last summer yep. when they yep. signed Dwayne Wade, yep. Rajon Rondo. It, it kind of worked. Uh, there's a, little a theme bit. there. It sort of worked. Yeah, for for the Bulls, it it kind of kind of did. I mean, it. Well, we'll put it this way: the team was much better than you know the 2011 All Star team had any right to be. I think, but. But 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 now but now the the entire locker room hates each other so that's fun. Hooray! You're speaking of a locker room hating each other. Oh yeah! What a good segue. What a great segue. It was a good segue, and then you made it all meta, and now it's a bad segue because <laughs> we're dragging the segue out. So thanks a lot, Sam. You're welcome. So an article came out this week that I thought was kind of interesting, maybe a little sensational but still kind of interesting and it's about richard sherman in seattle and if you didn't see this it's an espn article that is rich i think it's called richard sherman just can't let it go and yeah that's a problem yeah and it's basically about how the missed the inner the malcolm butler interception in super bowl 49 was it broke him as a like as a person <laughs> He's so competitive that he he kind of resents Russell Wilson. He kind of resents Pete Carroll and everything for going easy and protecting him for, and being positive all the time. And he's being unhappy in Seattle's locker room. It was kind of an interesting read because if it's accurate, 
it kind of makes me hate Richard Sherman a little bit more. Really? Because yeah. it makes me hate him a little bit less. The the article, um, <clears throat> it also goes into like why he kind of is that way uh, from people who know him, and it's because because of the way he like he grew up. It was like you win or you die kind of kind of mentality that he always had. So when it it, it explains a lot about. It, the way he is reading reading that piece is 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 like when he is all like when he's doing well that's why he's like talking the way he is and that's why he's kind of braggadocious um and when he loses and when he's not having a great day why he's kind of like silent and and seems a little bit desperate they they go into that it made me it it, it I don't know. It, it made me. It, it gave a kind of pathos to that moment for Sherman that I didn't quite understand before. Uh, it got kind of. I don't know. The the psychological aspects of it, I kind of appreciated a lot. I kind of respect that. Like it, moments like that, I feel like they should stick with you. Mm-hmm. It, it's part of sports. That's like part of the territory. When you get to a position like that and you lose on a play like that, I don't expect you to ever really get over that and it it brings me comfort because it still makes me think that there are times when tom brady cries himself to sleep at night thinking that he didn't win in 2007 i don't know it's just the fact that he seems to drag it on as long as he has and that he's actively getting angry at carol and russell and all this other stuff like the way he seems to be at least the way the article portrays it the way he's sort of treating his teammates sure yeah after it like i think he's taking it a little bit farther than he probably should of course of course it, it was a very interesting article and i recommend you read it if you haven't yet. the the news that has come out since has been very interesting too because the seattle front office and the players have not like one they haven't come out publicly and disagreed with it and two I, i've seen stories that are like his teammates have like off the record and anonymously been like, yeah, that's pretty much correct. So, you know, that's this, this also gives whole, a lot more context to the trade talks. Right. And like, and why you might want to get rid of a world-class cornerback like uh, Richard Sherman. And it's not that he's not good. It's that maybe it's not a fit for the team and maybe it's just not working out with, with Seattle and Pete Carroll's yeah. coaching methods, yeah. right? Yeah, sometimes it's not the skill that matters, it's the person. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Bryant, can you think of a basketball situation where okay. the personality okay. hasn't okay. quite worked out? Okay, okay. <laughs> so actually, what's what's really funny is, you know, I mentioned earlier I'm a Portland Trailblazers fan, and this whole conversation that you're having about Richard Sherman kind of happened in portland with lamarcus aldridge um Ah. gosh maybe 2007 2008 but the difference wasn't a botched call to win a championship It, it wasn't about a play on the court um brandon roy had a barbecue and didn't invite lamarcus aldridge (laughs) and lamarcus aldridge got quiet and as the reports went he wouldn't talk to his teammates uh, for months after that. And so, which kind of gives like, kind of points out like, well, you know, maybe he was right to not invite you. You you whiny baby. (laughs) I think that, you know, Lamarcus Aldridge kind of took the, uh, the brunt of criticism against the Warriors because Kawhi Leonard was out, yeah. and the Spurs needed somebody to step up, and he was not able to. Yeah, well, he, um, he, he kind of disappeared never in the be moment able to as well. And that's know. exactly correct. He was never going to be able to, uh, and that actually has a lot to do with his personality. You know, he's not a Tim Duncan who's going to be a vocal leader in the locker room. Right. Uh, he's not a superstar in the Kawhi Leonard sense meaning that, yes, he's quiet, but he can take over a game nonetheless. He's always been this reserved player who, unfortunately, in the big moments, that reservation comes out Mm -hmm. a little further. Um, 
But it all makes sense when you think about in 2007, he didn't get invited to a barbecue and he talked or he didn't talk to his teammates for months. I, I missed that because I wasn't out here at the time, but I was here for his departure in Portland. And a lot of people seem to think that it was because Damian Lillard was getting had sort of taken over the star role because once we lost Roy and all that stuff, Aldridge was pretty much the player on the team that everybody looked at as the star for a while. And then Lillard came along and started doing real well and he started getting all the attention. And I've read a lot of reports that LaMarcus has a fragile ego in that situation and wasn't taking it to very well. Well, the irony there is that he went to San Antonio to be the number one player, was <laughs> right. for maybe half a season, and then Kawhi Leonard became the superstar that he is now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's basically in the exact same situation. I would love for it to come out at his retirement or in his autobiography or something that the reason he left Portland in 2000, uh, thir- 2015, I think... Uh, is because he wasn't invited to a barbecue in 2007. Changed him as a player forever. <laughs> LaMarcus Aldris no never barbecue. let it go that he didn't get to have the ribs that day. Must have been a damn good barbecue. We've pretty much finished with NFL news for the week, Yeah, sadly. But the reason I have invited Bryant on is because he is a big NBA guy, and we now have the incredibly thrilling third time in a row... Yeah. Cavs versus Warriors NBA Finals. So let's talk basketball for a little bit and how unexciting that it is, especially since we've literally seen both outcomes of this <laughs> matchup in the past two years. Well, yeah, but well, this is like the best question. of three, right? Like, yeah. this is... <laughs> it's the rubber match. Yeah, there you go. Well, here's the question that I'll pose to you guys, though. What would you rather see this season? I don't know how closely you follow the NBA, but what would you rather see? Would you rather see Minnesota versus Brooklyn? No. No. I would prefer to see um, probably any of the other playoff teams in the West versus any of the other playoff teams in the East. I, I would I would More so the West than the East. Like I, yeah. I like watching LeBron, but I'm just sort of bored of the Warriors. So I wouldn't mind seeing the Spurs without like Duncan and see what Kawhi would do. I would definitely like to see um I would have liked to see the, the Celtics. I, the Celtics would have been I would have yeah. liked to see the Wizards. Uh yeah, I would, sure. I wouldn't sure. mind seeing the Wizards. That that was kind of an interesting little adventure there i will say i I have no interest in seeing the houston rockets piss away a championship i have no interest (laughs) in watching that so so that's that's probably a a better like this is this is this is better than having the houston rockets v anyone because that would just not be interesting to me See, see i think what you brought up is the really sort of interesting dilemma between hardcore and casual because i would consider myself a casual nba fan and Mm -hmm. you would consider yourself hardcore obviously you're an editor at bleacher report for basketball you're not a casual nba fan i think because from my perspective it's just the same teams playing again but from your perspective it's the two best teams and we'll probably get the best matchup possible out of this Yeah, you know, we can debate all day long about whether or not you're into the concept of a super team, but the fact is the Cavaliers are the best team out east with the best players, and the Warriors are the best team out west with the best players. And again, if, if you don't like the super team concept, that's totally fine. You might like more boring basketball, but... (laughs) <laughs> That's totally fine. Yeah, I'll no, allow sure, it. sure. Uh, I, I just personally think that you have a star-studded matchup. Because it was always going to be at least the Cavs or the Warriors. Yeah. You know, there was no scenario where neither team made the playoffs. Yeah, if, I think if you went into the beginning of this season, probably over 50% of people were probably just calling for this rematch to happen in the finals anyway. Yeah, and from a narrative standpoint, this does sort of give some conclusion to the trilogy. Yeah. Um, if, if you do look at the NBA as a season of storylines, it was all building up to this. And you do have a third matchup where everybody's seemingly healthy, which hasn't been the case. 
Uh, Draymond Green hasn't kicked anybody in the nuts yet, so he's not up for a suspension like last time. Sure. Uh, everybody's going to be available. So, yes, it is a true rubber match. You're going to finally get that That Has conclusion. Steph Curry released uh, some dumb dad shoes yet this year? No. <laughs> he hasn't released any more dad shoes? I don't think so. Uh <laughs> You know, there's Lonzo Ball and his $500 shoes. Yeah, everybody's talking about the ball shoes. They don't even look good. I don't like them. Like, I'm not a sneakerhead. Like, I don't have... So you're not a big baller is what you're saying, I am not Sam. a big baller. I did not lose by 50 points in the AAU uh, on <laughs> Thursday or whenever it was that that uh, the big ballers, the actual basketball team, the big ballers lost... I've been a part of some of those games. Really? Uh, I've been on I I've been on the winning side and the losing side of just absolute blowouts. And I started thinking to myself during these NBA playoffs, which have been pretty brutal up to this point if we're being honest, uh, why don't they start doing what they did in in my leagues and just shut the scoreboard off at halftime? Let the Warriors play oh, a running clock smart. in the second half. Really smart. I, uh, I've like I said, I've been a part of those games, and I would love to see. We're talking rule changes with the NFL. I want one in the NBA, which is that if a game is decided at halftime, you run the clock, you turn off the scoreboard, make it an exhibition game, because there was the. Uh, the Cavs beat the Celtics in one game in a playoff game mm-hmm. by forty-four points. And they were ahead by 50 at one point. It's it's been tough to watch. So if there's any yeah. rule in the NBA, let's let's shut off the scoreboard at halftime. That's that's a really really smart thing. Would that rob us of the moments of when Kawhi Leonard goes down and Golden State comes back from a 25 point deficit? Well, that's why the cutoff is 26. 26. <laughs> sure, there you go. Smart. <laughs> Very smart. <laughs> Do they have somebody like up in the booth, just sort of subtly keeping track of the score after they turn it off, just to see? I would assume we what's get it happening. on the TV broadcast. They, they just don't put it on the jumbotron or anywhere on Fun the facts. On the court anymore. It's only a thirty-point lead at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. I, I feel like there would be a stats nerd sitting in the audience, realizing that they shut down the scoreboard, and so he breaks out his own you know, pencil and piece of paper. I, uh, I was at a, um, San Francisco Giants baseball game this last September. And I sat directly next to a, uh, older gentleman, probably in his seventies or eighties. And we were in left field and the entire game, while I was looking at my ESPN app, looking at the scores, he was listening to the broadcast on his headphones and tracking every single stat. Wow. And at the time, I thought, doesn't this guy have an iPhone? What's he doing? <laughs> sure. But the more, the more I thought about it, I thought I would love to someday have the time and energy to go to a game and track all the stats manually like that because you're going to pay more attention to the actual game itself. But now I'm thinking I need to start doing that for basketball, mm-hmm. which... It's going to be that's, more fast-paced. It's going to be tough. When you know the commissioner twenty years from now decides to finally listen to me and create this rule, oh yeah, where at twenty-six points he shuts off the scoreboard. I'm going to be the only one who is prepared and ready to keep manual stats. Yep, smart. It's an interesting concept. I feel like it would be kind of neat to watch a game where you're keeping track of that sort of thing, but I also feel like it would be very stressful because you can't afford a lapse in concentration anymore if you're sitting there at a baseball game and you're you're keeping track of, okay that was a strike on the outside check mark check mark whatever and then peanut guy walks by he's just like peanuts and you're like hmm i want some peanuts oh shit what was that last throw i don't i missed it now everything i've worked for for five innings is mute because i missed that score well so i actually did that i had that happen to me except it was red vines And it was a middle school girls basketball game where I was running the scoreboard. (laughs) Wow. Middle school girl basketball parents are ruthless when it comes to the scoreboard. You should have just shut the scoreboard off at halftime and (laughs) let them play. It was a 25-point lead. I couldn't do it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Red Vines. 
Are you a Twizzlers or a Red Vines person? Easy. Red Vines. Sam, what are you? Neither. They're trash. Neither? They're both trash. I, they're not trash. I can't I can't say that. I mean, I just, they are both trash, but which one? For If, you, if you're making me pick Red Vines... Uh, unless, um, damn it. unless, 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 am I the only Twizzler man here? Unless we're talking pull and peel, in which pull case I go peel. Twizzlers. The Twizzlers pull and peel, which are the big things that look like fiber optic cable that you you pull the little guys off of, and and then you pretty much have red vines. I don't like Twizzlers. I don't know, I don't know why. Like the the red red licorice, especially Twizzlers type red licorice, it just tastes. Have you ever licorice had those wax in lips? Pretty bad. No. It, it just, like, tastes plastic to me, uh, Twizzlers, and there's this weird oily residue on them that I just, like, I don't, I don't dig it. I'm with you there, but I'm all about the Red Vines. That's, I mean, In, listen, that's ugh. fine. Red Vines are gross. I tried it once. I, I, I actually had a Red Vine and a Twizzler once when I was a kid, and I went, all right, I'm going to do this both at once. And I went, oh, and I'm like, that was a mistake. Yeah, because you ruined the red vine when you did that. No, I ruined the Twizzler. <sighs> Dave, uh. we were friends. <laughs> at, at Intentional sounding. Ripped apart by bad, cheap licorice. Ripped apart Boo. like a pull and peel Twizzler. Oh, no. <laughs> the main reason I like Twizzlers, I, I never actually tried it with red vines. They probably work with red vines. Is you bite the two ends off so that you have the hole in the middle, and then you use it as a candy straw. Oh, yeah. Sure. Of course. They, I remember Classic. they made um, they made special uh, Slurpee Twizzlers for that express purpose, and those ones were good because they were like sour. They weren't really Ooh. licorice; it was just like gummy. Trash candy here on oh, Intentional yeah. Sour. Yeah, we we could we could rank trash candy like quick very, quick ranking very, of trash candy very quickly. What's your favorite trash candy? Like what what were you the most excited to see in your Halloween bag? Well, so it, I I want to. Here's here's the thing. We're talking trash candy. Like, that's that's a level below like Reese's peanut butter cups, Skittles, M and M's, right? Those no, are, that's exactly the level I'm talking really? about. I'm talking. I think. Okay. Okay. Well, if, uh, like if cheap you're talking store bought store bought brand chocolate, you could find it like gas stations, stuff like that. See, I was. I, I think it counts. I was I'm, thinking, I'm thinking on that level. I was thinking you were talking about the like the foil wrapped chocolate pumpkin level. Or those weird Prismacolor no, that's eggs. That's just that's you know? not trash candy. That's just trash. Trash. Right. Right. So that's that's where I think I thought you were going. I that's, was there's good. nothing else that I I'm desperately hungry for some sort of trash, and there's literally nothing else I can eat. Yeah. Okay. I will choke this down for science. That 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 I'm not talking about that kind of crap. I'm talking about generic store bought like regular candy bars like Snickers. Twizzlers, Twix, that kind of like that level. The best what's, thing. What's what's the best for me? It was always Sour Patch Kids. I loved Sour Patch, and I still do. I was always more solid, of a fruit solid. candy, of like fruit slash sour candy than like chocolate, peanut, that kind of junk. It was always the best though. Like if you got like a little small thing at Jelly Bellies in your Halloween candy. Thing. I had a friend call me racist once because I don't like Sour Patch Kids or <laughs> Swedish Fish. Oh, and it turns out both of those are Canadian. <laughs> How? Wait, wait, wait! Back, back wait, the Swedish fuck up. Fish Swedish Canadian. Fish are from Canada. Uh, maybe they're just manufactured in Canada, but yes, they are Canadian. Jesus Christ! That, well, oh. the world is a lie now. Thank you. I. <laughs> Googling, you have to be lying. Hold Swedish on. fish. Swedish fish. Swedish fish is one of those yeah, candy that yeah. I feel like if you get it fresh out of the bag, they're pretty good. But if if you give them like fifteen minutes to solidify in air, they get really tough. I don't and gross. think any Swedish fish has ever come fresh out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> when you get them like straight from like the store or at the movie they're usually kind of soft and more gummy-ish mm-hmm. but most of the swedish fish i've had at some point are usually just super tough and gross oh, my so theory wrong. is that every swedish fish was made in 1912 <laughs> every single one that you've ever had was See, made i have in that 1912 theory about because peeps. i have never <laughs> opened a bag and had that gummy description that you just really every single time it's been stale that's crazy. I so there was there was this place, um, and Dave. I don't know if you 
because we grew up around the same same area, did you ever go to the Clayboys Shaved Ice Stand in Maryland? Are you sure that was a ice stand, Sam? Yes. That's, yes. I I I know. I know. No. Okay. Okay. There was shaved. This, no. Yeah. It was. It was Clayboys. It, it was Hawaiian ice. It was called Clayboys. It was a bad name. But no, I, I I don't think that was was it a chain stand? No, it was it was it was just this because I mean we brother. grew up in the same state, but yeah, like, we were at least an hour apart. Of course, but but they they traveled like in in the summer they would like go around to like different parts of town or different parts of the state. So I no. I, I wasn't sure how far they I went, went to like a little like a a little snowball stand off. Uh, by in a, like a church parking lot sure. near my school. Sure, that was super boss. This this was kind of what that was like. This was another stand. It was like a cart that they had that they would kind of just like tow to town with a car and just like drive around for for an hour. But what they always did was they uh would they would get you your your shave ice and you'd choose your specific color of partially hydrogenated corn syrup. And then they would make, they would like push a little Swedish fish in the middle. So you would have like, at some point, a nice little frozen Swedish fish that you could like ruin your teeth on, but it would be delicious. Don't know if I would want a Swedish fish in my snowball. Really? I don't, no. It's so good. No. Frozen Swedish no. fish. The best part about snowballs was... You'd get the ice, and then you'd sort of pick at the top for a while until it would sort of just melt into syrupy soda, and then you'd just drink it. Oh, you're well. You're <laughs> talking. You're talking about the actual like a S N O hyphen ball. The like red. Was it red, white, and blue? No. Or no, it wasn't that. It was our stand was a little unique. Okay. It it, it sort of gave us. It wasn't like the cone, like the like the paper cone with like the shaved ice cone. It was it was a, like a big plastic cup. Oh, okay, I got like, you. I like got like you. a soda cup. Mm-hmm. And they would just fill that with ice and then pump the syrup into that and then you could get like chocolate or um marshmallow cream drizzled over the top and then you'd eat it like that and it was beautiful and wonderful. And I've never found another place that does it that way. So this is me being hipster and being like, oh, no, I had, like, this local place that was totally better than everything your childhood had. Let's bring it back to trash candy. Brian, yeah. what's your favorite trash candy? I grew up on Butterfingers, I, it, which is funny because I never watched The Simpsons growing up, but I loved those Bart Simpsons commercials with the Butterfingers. I, I don't know. So I've been advertising's bitch since day one, though. So <laughs> any sort of good advertisement that I can relate to even a little bit, I... I, I buy into it. I'm a Reese's man. Reese's, Reese's were my jam. Good. Reese's are very Reese's good. were my jam. It was always Reese's. I've never been a big fan of anything with like actual peanuts in it. Actual peanut candy bars like Snickers and uh, Baby Ruth, all that stuff. Like, act- if there's actual peanuts in there, it's I'm like, eh, okay, I'll eat it, but only if there aren't other candy bars that are better. So you prefer fake processed peanut like? Hell yeah. Also, Reese's peanut butter cups are the most fun to eat because you get them and then you push out the middle with your thumb underneath it. What? So you eat the middle. So you have just Excuse- the ring. What? <laughs> what? Did you never do this? Dave. Sam, have you never I, lived I, before? I don't think anyone has. I think this is a, a Dave is insane. Everyone do that. No, everyone would do it. My, all my friends would do that. You'd take the peanut butter cup and you'd, you'd push out the middle because it was really easy because the, the, the shell on the outside was tougher chocolate because it wasn't peanut butter all the way in the middle. And you could push it out and you could make glasses. They even had it in commercials of little kids making glasses out of their Reese's cups. What the by fuck? By pushing out the middle. Okay, I did not throw a flag for Dave reenacting the sexy moves. I am throwing a flag for Dave recreating what he just talked about. Oh my god. <laughs> Gross. Please tell me I'm not the only one who pushed out the middle of Reese's cups. On Twitter, like, I feel Are like you? I can understand why that's a thing, but, like, I... Uh, I guess, I... I mean... <laughs> I did not expect to be I'm, the I'm, singularity on this podcast. I'm, I'm trying to think of the weird shit that I do with 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 candies, and there there's a there's a, a bit of of weirdness that I. I think that's I the do. only the only time I ever play with candy bars. 
So I used to sort of at Three Musketeer bars. Uh, like they have like the weird. You, you can kind of peel the chocolate shell off Three Musketeer that's, bars. That's kind of what I do with Butterfingers a little bit. See, I never played with the candy bars, but I think the other reason that I liked Butterfingers as a kid was because all of the stuff would get stuck in your teeth. And <laughs> as, a gross, like <laughs> as a gross boy, I enjoyed that about it. Then as I, you know, entered adulthood, I realized that's disgusting and I have no interest in ever having that feeling ever again. Yeah, I, that was the one reason I wasn't a big fan of Butterfingers as a kid because I didn't like having stuff stuck to my teeth. I oh, didn't like, like those, I those, same, those same like now and laters. I, I didn't like now and laters because I felt like they were just getting stuck and they were like pulling my teeth out and it was, it was kind of gross. Now and laters are a little bit different, I think. Like, just because one, they also don't taste very good. <laughs> now and laters were pretty bad. Small yeah. detail. Yeah. Yeah. I think that about wraps it up for this podcast. I don't I don't want to share any more candy opinions and feel ganged up upon. You, you don't want to tell us which other candies you violated throughout the years? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Would, did you chew or suck on uh, Tootsie Roll Pops? Or not Tootsie Roll Pops, but Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie oh, rolls? I, I bite them. Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls, I, I, I bite them, but I, I don't hold it against anyone if, if you know. You suck on them. Sli- yeah, I was sure. Weird, but what do you think is the most overrated trash candy bar? Trash candy Sour bar. Sour Patch Kids is sweet as fish. Uh, <laughs> come on. I'll take that to my grave. Come on. <laughs> Whatever. I don't understand why people swear by Twix. Oh, I like Twix a lot. Twix are there. Twix are probably for my me. actually my favorite. Uh, my favorite candy bar um with the possible exception of mounds and i know i'm like gonna get some, or mounds or almond coconut coconut is one of those you either love it or you hate it i personally hate it and i'm not i'm not gonna hold that against you like like coconut i just don't like it i don't like pina coladas i don't like anything coconut coconut sure. is disgusting and gross but i will not hold it against anyone who likes it I claim to hate coconut, but I absolutely love the Girl Scout cookies that have the coconut. Oh, the Samoas! Samoas Samoas are pretty good. They don't really taste like coconut. They don't really taste like coconut. I I think it's just the texture of like the chocolate and like its chewiness. I, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, and it's mostly like you can't really even taste the coconut. It's all like caramel and and chocolate or whatever. Anyway, thing I like. They hide it well. The thing I like about Twix, it's just so simple. Twix is so simple. It's a wafer and and caramel and chocolate. You don't need fucking... And this is why I don't really like Snickers. Snickers is it's just too much. You remember when they started advertising it as a fucking energy bar? You know what? You know what I miss? I don't know if they still make them. Um, Snickers ice cream candy bars? Yeah, they still make those. Those, those are great. Were, those are fantastic. So good. When I was in college, I would go down to the corner store, like the little student store, and I would get one of those all the time. Those things are magical. They are V-good. I think that about wraps it up Yeah, this, we, this was actually here. a very good summer-themed uh, podcast. We talked about barbecues, we talked about ice cream, we talked about candy. And although we are recording this on Memorial Day, I hope everyone who listens to this had a good Memorial Day mm-hmm. as they are listening to this in the sad dregs of work on a Wednesday or Thursday after the goodness of Monday has gone away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very All right, true. Bryant, thank you for having, thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, how can we follow you? Uh, find me on Twitter at Bryant Knox. I'm not that creative, so just my first and last name. Uh, guys, real quick, I want your predictions on the NBA Finals. I think it's a Warriors in six. I, I was gonna say I was gonna say Cavs in seven. I think the Warriors are gonna win the first two games. It's gonna look a lot like last year. The Warriors are gonna win the first two games pretty handily. Then the Cavs are gonna steal game three. Then the Warriors are gonna win game four. And then the Cavs are gonna put up a miraculous fight in game five. And then game six is just gonna be the Warriors just going to town. See, I and love it's gonna that. be a depressing end. I love that. But here's how I think it goes down. I think that the Warriors come out and win the first three games, and it's looking like it's going to be a sweep. But the narrative surrounding it is oh, not, God. are the Warriors going to sweep? It's, are they going to blow a 3-0 <laughs> lead instead of a 3-1 lead? Uh, and, and then I think Cleveland does get the next game, and then Warriors take it in five. 
I'm the only one going with the Cavs. And here's here's the reason I'm going with the Cavs is because, and I'm sure you know this uh, uh, better than I do, but Stephen A. Smith is one of the most reliable predictors of the NBA Finals. <laughs> In the, every year since 2011, he has picked wrong. He's picked the Warriors this year, so I'm 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 thinking the the streak is gonna still be alive. So wait, so he picked the Cavs against the Warriors in the first time? He did, he did. Uh, Wow. All right, maybe I, Sam. If if the Cavaliers win, I'm going to completely convert to your religion. Yeah, I listen. (laughs) (laughs) There there are a few things in life that are consistent, and Stephen A. Smith being wrong is is one of them. Yeah, in 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 2015, he picked the Cavs over the Warriors. In 2016, he picked the Warriors over the Cavs. He's starting to get death and taxes. Yeah, yeah. Territory. Listen, it is it, it it was six years in a row, and I guess it is like a coin flip, kind of right. But I mean, flip a coin six times. How it is it is very statistically unlikely for you to get a you suck on that coin six times in a row. You have to be actively good at being wrong to do that. And I guess he has made a career out of it, so, you know. That's true. Sam. Yeah. Play us out. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Grizzeses. I also just started doing this thing called uh, Curious Cat, which is pretty cool. It's just like your followers can ask you questions, learn more about you, drive hashtag engagement. So... So hit me up there if you want. Ask ask me questions about myself, and I'll probably answer them in very embarrassing ways. You can also follow me on Twitch at Robots Fighting Dinosaurs, and on Instagram also at Robots Fighting Dinosaurs. Dave, I'm Drawplay Dave. You can find me on Twitter at Drawplay Dave, on Facebook at the Drawplay Comic, on Patreon, and of course on the Drawplay.com, where this week it will be a saga of Alex Smith goes to the moon. Mm-hmm. I hope everyone is enjoying this joke that has completely ballooned out of hand that started from a dream. If you haven't caught up yet, please start on Saturday's comic, which was the first one. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody.